It's Tennessee Titans talking, fellas. That Green Bay game was our most complete win. It's interesting. It took us a few months in the season, but I mean, I guess that's what it looks like when we put it all together. I guess so. You know, called it. It was a pretty great game all around. We saw Henry do some stuff. We saw Tannehill get back to some magic. We saw the defense play really, really well. I'm pumped. Yeah, this was the first time all season that we actually had an, an easy, comfortable, encouraging win. Coming out of this because the Packers just had a great game against the Cowboys who look really good. So you think, well, maybe they'll play us well. They didn't. And a lot of it was Aaron Rodgers just apparently having one foot out the door already. But we took care of business on the road on a short week. Now we get extra long rest and we've won seven of eight and that one loss was super duper close. Everything is going the right way. So what more can you ask for? I agree. And I think it's important for us to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Big thing I've heard all week is what is wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Like I know people have a tough time getting going. Things happen. There are changes maybe behind the scenes we don't know. In the second half, he was totally out of sync he was garbage he was hitting receivers in the feet i mean stuff that you don't expect from you know a perennial all pro and you know walking hall of famer i don't know if it tarnishes the reputation or you know makes his hall of fame career more illegitimate illegitimate no, he's but... still hall of famer but it does inform the narrative yeah of his career yeah his legacy is definitely tanking with this past season because if he had retired after last year which he would still retired after another playoff choke but if he had retired winning back to back MVPs. No one would think of him the same way that we've that we're, we're now going to think of him watching this e- this season. Because not only has he played poorly, he's been a train wreck in the locker room and as a leader. And all of those things that people always say about him, character wise, that get swept under the rug when he's playing as the best quarterback in football, are popping back up now that they are three and seven. Meanwhile, our Hall of Famer looked like we needed him to look. Twenty eight carries, eighty seven yards, a touchdown, and a really cool passing touchdown. Derrick Henry is looks like he is ascending. Speaking of ascending, Traylon Burks, I know it's one game, but he's healthy and we keep throughout the season in our ugly wins and then in our losses, we keep saying things like this offense is missing something. This offense is limited. We were more complete because Burks, as young as he is, as inexperienced as he is, he he really completes this offense, big fella. He sure does. And, you know, he caught seven out of eight targets for 111 yards. And what was more important to me is with him being our true number one, he opened up the pass game for everybody else. We saw Robert Woods, arguably one of his better games as a Titan. He had six catches for 69 yards on seven targets. We saw Hooper with a bunch of targets. We saw, you know, Chig have a couple. This is what we need. I mean... Tannehill is at his best when he could spread the ball around to multiple people. He hit eight different receivers, and that's what we need. Um, so it, it was really, gra- really great to see Burks get going. And we saw that after Tannehill had some success, you know, some holes were opening up more for right. Henry because he wasn't facing oh, a yeah. stacked box every single time. That's a really great point. And when, when Tannehill is at his best when he's getting seven or eight receivers involved, Landon, do you think Tannehill was just on? Or do you think Burks brought all that together and was able to let the ball? spread around what was the x factor particularly on sunday night and beyond the box score what do you think of burks what did you think is of what stood out to you about burks sunday night well it can't be a coincidence that our two best passing games of the season by a decent margin have come when burks has come back and the offense has clicked and his presence really just opens things up because everyone else shifts down one role so woods doesn't have to be the one 
Nick Westbrook doesn't have to be the two. And you just see that defenses have to respect his deep threat, and that really opens up everything else because throwing deep to Burks, you, we saw that on the first target of the game when he got that over-the-shoulder bomb over the middle. Him tracking the ball over the middle going deep is just so much different than anyone else on our roster because he's he and Ray McMath, who I've read that Vrabel said probably won't be back till December. Those are the only guys that scare teams vertically. And in, until Burks came back, we didn't have that. And so the offense was really hampered because... You can't throw deep to Nick Westbrook or Robert Woods. That's just not possible. You can do that to Woods. You can do that to Burks, and you can hopefully do that to Racing McMath once he pops out of whatever underground bunker he's been hiding in the past couple months. Big follow-up. Tannehill, except for one pass, was pretty much exactly what we needed him to be. And we've given the offensive play calling a hard time. I thought it was a beautifully called game, of course. And we're forgiven for getting Christians here at Tennessee Titans Talk, so we're not going to get into it's really easy. This guy has got to be more responsible in our community. I'm not letting him off. I'm just saying we don't know all the details. We'll just go ahead and say that. But do you think that what happened after the game, our offensive coordinator getting a, a DUI in Williamson County, driving however fast he was driving, is it's weird that it would come after hours after the best game of his coaching career. It kind of fits in the narrative of this season. So even though everything on the field looked great, you still walk away from this game kind of scratching your head, right? Whereas in our ugly wins, you do that. It's like there is no way this team this season can escape some kind of wart even when they win. I think Todd Downing has uh, you know a bunch of issues, and I think he's a head case. And like we talked about, what was it two weeks ago before uh, you know? before oh i think it was right after the chiefs game um where he was on that list of potential head coaching candidates and he was near the top and he was the most recognizable name and then all of a sudden we have you know two great offensive game plans and just goes to show you that this guy is a little crazy i don't know what the rest of the season holds for todd downing i know that we've called for him to be fired multiple times i didn't want it to be like this but i hope that he can get the help that he needs and i hope that we can move on and maybe move forward with Tim Kelly or, or or hire somebody outside. I know we've talked about Frank Reich before because I think, you know, one thing that I think the past two weeks has shown us, I mean, we've talked about how our window, our best Super Bowl window was uh, in 19 and 20 and even last year, 21. I think the last two games have showed the nation that the window isn't closed or not as closed as people think it is. We've still got a chance. We've got some electric players and we can really beat pretty much any team. So. I hope the the team figures it out and maintains some continuity and that we can continue to stack up some wins. Landon, do you have the same hope that maybe this opens our championship window? Are you are you riding that bus yet? I think so. Just looking around the league, there is not a single team that... I wasn't expecting you to say that. That's awesome. <laughs> Got him. Just looking around the league, I don't see anyone that's like a juggernaut. I mean, Kansas City is the best team in the league, and we should have beaten them with half a roster on their turf. So I'm not... I'm not, They're a really scary team, and I wouldn't say, well, if we go up there, we'll beat them. But it's not like in the past when you're going up against the Patriots in their prime, or the 14 and two Ravens in 2019 where it's like, God, we, we just have to pray that everything goes our way to have a chance. I mean, outside that Bills game, we've been competitive in every game. We've played above what everyone expected of us given our injuries. The defense is playing lights out, even though we keep losing guys in the defensive line. We're going to coast the playoffs, I think, because the rest of this division is so easy or so bad, I should say, that it's not like the AFC East where that's going to come down to the last week of the regular season. They're going well, to have to... Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to 
comment on, you know, outside of that Bills game, we're six points away from nine and one. Yeah. And we've had some close wins in that span too, but yeah, missed 40 yard field goal and then having to play with a backup quarterback and no receivers at Arrowhead. That's two of our three losses in the Bills game, which just looks like a total aberration at this point. The defense has shown that it can have that proven championship winning formula of you rush four, you drop seven, you still get pressure and you just win tough grind out games. We've done that with and without Simmons, with and without Dupree. Adeni's been on IR for most of the year. Autry is going to miss a couple games, it looks like, but not the entire season. Big fella, who's the most surprising Titan to you? Who who has exceeded your expectations so far? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know if he's exceeded my expectations yet, but I really, really love when we get the ball into the hands of Chigakonkwo. Um, I mean, he's just proven that he can make big plays and he's gotten better every single game. We have to hit him up more often. So I think if I was looking at players who are scratching the surface and have some more potential to go, I would go with him. But one guy that I really have been super impressed with all season, you know, last year he rode Landon's all hate list was is Dylan. Cole. I mean, the it, dude is it just... It wasn't all hate. It was all hate. It oh was my for, God. It was just one game against the Patriots because he dropped an easy pick six. We, I, we, I didn't hate it. Oh, we got to rewind some episodes here. Nathan, get the get the editing team to splice in some well, clips of some Nathan hate, um, some Landon hate on Dylan, Dylan Cole. Dylan Cole has 43 tackles this season, and we have been hard on him at times, but I will say not lately. Landon has given credit where credit's due. He's played really well this year. <laughs> he's, he's played great, and I was watching a, a video the other day he was mic'd up for the Packers game and he was just like fun to watch as a mic'd up player I mean he's a young guy and he's just you know fun and energetic the kind of guy that I always like to have on our team so I'm pumped that he's here I'm really excited that he's playing well and I really want to see more Landon for me Danico Autry I mean I knew he was a good player after last year he has bailed us out from some injuries and some depth issues besides guys taking in the first round or making lots and lots of money he's our best player Oh, completely. And I am, I'd say two of our three hardest games are back to back. And I think he'll miss both games against the Bengals this week for sure. Then against Philly, an NFC game doesn't really matter for seeding purposes. I think they'll play it safe with how banged up our defensive line is. I mean, I've talked about so many times. Autry is a top five free free agent signing of the past couple years, at least. And you could probably stretch it even further because this is a guy playing at a Pro Bowl level at a position on the defensive line where good players get paid 12 plus million a year when they hit free agency, oftentimes more. And he's making seven he's making below starter money and he's playing at a pro bowl level this year and then for me my x factor or biggest surprise would be our defensive line coach because we've seen so many injuries and i when we lost landry to start the year a week before the season we all just that pit opened up in our stomach because he was such an anchoring force on the defensive line and everything we did and we wondered how we were going to replace him and the pass rush has been better than ever despite the fact that dupree still can't stay healthy for more than two games <laughs> in a row adini hasn't played pretty much all year simmons has missed some time he's been back up and now Autry's gonna miss time but I mean Mario Edwards and Demarcus Walker were no were cast off practice squad guys they were draft busts all these late round picks and undrafted guys along the defensive line that no one would have thought of they've been playing really well like Naquan Jones Kevin Strong Tierra Tart who's been amazing this year and he went undrafted just it speaks to the coaching both Rabel and specifically our defensive line coach the fact that we can just pick up anyone off the street and they play pretty well and in Edwards and Walker's case they're playing really really well especially for the fact that they I mean, anyone could have had them a couple weeks ago, and yet they're on prime time, almost beating the beating the Chiefs. Yeah, big fella. I think it's interesting that 
Landon points to the coaching staff because when regardless who's out there, we've gotten a really good pass rush from four people this year. You've got to credit, obviously, the people out there playing in, in our coaching staff because we have exceeded my expectations from a pressure standpoint this year for sure oh yeah i think we are i could be wrong but i think we are leading the league in quarterback pressures but yeah i mean we're getting it from the least least likely or least expected places and i think we're one of the lowest rated one of the lowest percentage blitzing teams we we blitz the second least after the jets and it's like one in seven plays we blitz on dropbacks oh you can tell we always just send four and yeah which is a championship winning formula because this isn't like the Ravens where they blitz half the time and they're getting all these crazy pressures by leaving guys on island. This is just rush four, drop back seven, and we're still among the league leaders and pressures and sacks. And even though we only got one against Rodgers last week, or I guess a couple days ago, you could tell he looked flustered by the pass rush all day. So Dupree should be back at some point. Hopefully Adeni is. Simmons will get healthy. Autry should be healthy. And the defensive line has suddenly become a sneakily deep position for us because now, I mean, when Dupree comes back, now Walker and Edwards are suddenly the third and fourth guy instead of the two and the three and yeah. they're healthy and ready to go whenever we need to call on them I feel way better with the rotation now than we were talking at the beginning of the season where it was looking like it was going to be a liability and now like you're saying Land, it's kind of a strength and it's pretty great and they're just getting after it that's the thing I love about Mike Variable coach teams they just get after it no matter what doesn't matter what the analysts are saying or if it's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady Brady or Pat Mahomes, it doesn't matter. We're getting after him. And the stat that makes me the most proud of our defense and just something I'm kind of tracking along as the season goes, like on offense, how we track how high Henry can get rushing guards and all that stuff. For the Titans, we're the number one rush defense in the NFL, and it's not even that close. And I mean, our stats are a little bit skewed by the fact that the Giants had a crazy week one, and then the Bills blew us out. But since then, we've given up like 50 yards per game to running backs at under three yards a carry. So we're playing like at the best possible way you can be on run defense and it's making the whole defense a whole lot easier because teams can't get second and medium third and short they have to drop back and pass and that sets up the pass rush and by DVOA we are eight percentage points ahead of the second place team which is the commanders who are also really good against the run and eight points is the difference between the second place team and like the middle of the pack so we are leaps and bounds the best run defense in the NFL and that's I think a big reason why the pass rush has looked so good because teams are being put in such obvious pass because teams are being put in such obvious dropback situations that's just setting them up for failure and it's coming from every level i mean dylan cole every week has two or three really nice hits in the run game david long is awesome the whole defensive line and at cornerback now that farley is out for the year we don't have any liabilities tackling wise so it's just a complete hard-nosed defense and it's the epitome of what Tennessee Times football is all about. I agree with Landon, John, that in a year where sort of the premier teams have some some real shortcomings and you could see where they could have some holes come January, to have a team that excels in stopping the run and running, I don't know, John, we spent a lot of this season thinking, well, we're division winners, but a lot has to happen. But based on our MO and how we're literally built to be a good January cold weather team, I mean, I like our chances as an underdog if we keep building on how we looked Sunday night. Oh, I love our chances as an underdog. I think if, if the season ended today, um, I think the playoff matchup, we would be hosting the Patriots. Is that right, Lynn? Yep. And I, I really hope, I actually wish the season would just end right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, because I think I think we could smoke them. I mean, it would oh, be yeah. so then, great. And then since he is the seventh seed, they would go to Miami. They did beat Miami, although that was the game two got concussed and knocked out of. But since he would chase healthy, is always going to be super dangerous. That would be a shootout. Well, that's, that's a caveat the right then, now. Yeah, if since well, like come playoff time, if the playoff picture held up, we would get the Patriots, who are by far the easiest matchup in the AFC, especially with how great our run defense is and how limited their passing offense is. The Bengals take on the Dolphins. That's a chance at an upset. And so hopefully, if this were to hold up, we could get the Patriots round one. The Bengals upset the Dolphins. We don't have to go to Miami and play their super fast offense. They have to come here and we can get revenge. And then the odds are Kansas City is going to be hosting their fifth straight AFC Championship game if they get the one seed. And it'll be tough, but I'm not scared of them. I mean, I mean, we say this every podcast, every five minutes. They were one heroic drive by Mahomes away in some close calls that gave them three attempts at a two point conversion they were that close to losing to our b squad now we got tan hill back we've got the offensive line starting to click we have we're gonna get two or three receivers back including our best receiver we're gonna get jeffrey simmons at full health i mean i know it's always hard to tell come playoff time but they aren't the same team that puts fear in the hearts of their foes they aren't but let's just hope <laughs> let's hope they don't sign a one odell beckham jr because i think he could open up that team in a way that um we probably haven't seen them so let's just hope that doesn't happen you know they're leaning on pacheco right now and i think speed kills and i think that they have a team where they could capitalize on it really quick so i don't want to take them too lightly because no, they can them lightly, turn on a dime no but yeah. there there are some years where <laughs> the top teams it's like okay and then there are years like this where Kansas City is extremely talented and if no one steps up you could see them going to and winning the Super Bowl and the Bills have a lot of talent too but I still find both of those teams beatable especially yeah, in January fun. and we have definitely done that they are fallible they're very talented but uh, I, I agree uh, Landon if you and then we'll ask John if you could take right now and you got big money for getting this right Bills and Chiefs one of them go to the Super Bowl or anybody else in the AFC so Dolphins Titans Ravens I think a lot of people would just assume that we're gonna and a lot of people now assume we're gonna see the Chiefs or the Bills would you take those two teams or the field as of right now for who we're gonna see uh, in February in the Super Bowl I would representing the, the AFC. I would take the field, and it might be a recency bias because Buffalo has looked a lot more fallible recently. But I mean, just Miami with Tua when he finishes games is undefeated, and they're the best offense in the NFL. Cincinnati has been really tough. This is the same. This is the same time last year when they turned it on and went on a run. They're going to get Chase back, and Burrow has been really good without Chase. The offensive line is starting to suck less. The defense is still holding it together. Baltimore, I think, is still being over is being overrated by the media because they made some flashy moves by training for. Roquan Smith, but they're always going to be a tough out. They're always well coached. They they're a great special teams unit. Their defense has really stepped up this year. And then us, I mean, if just one play goes our way, if we get a two point conversion stop or we sack Mahomes or we tackle Mahomes on that third and seventeen scramble, we're eight and two. We've won eight straight. We're the one seed, and the narrative is entirely different. Mm-hmm. And I, and. You add Tannehill and Burks and Kyle Phillips and Dupree playing the full game. That's definitely the difference. I just think in such a high variance postseason as as the NFL, I would just take the field. I would take those four teams over the two other teams. There's a chance that both those teams will play in the in the divisional round, and so that already cuts one of them off, like it did last year. Big fella, what do you think? Would you take the field? Mm. 
I think it's easy for us to say Titans fans, but I think most like I think the public would take one of those two teams. I think it's it's just the assumption, but I don't know. Miami looks very dangerous. We know what the Bengals can do. I think we're a tough out. He mentions the Ravens are always a tough out. I, I don't think it'll be one of the premier regular season teams. I think we'll have some fresh blood in the Super Bowl for the AC this year. We'll see. Yeah, honestly, if I were if I were going to pick, I'd probably pick either Chiefs, Dolphins, or us. Uh, honestly, I, I know that's one, two, three in the standings, but I, I really do think that, you know, Buffalo's falling apart. Like Landon said, Baltimore is a little bit overrated on offense. Their defense is stellar as usual Baltimore teams. I just think Kansas City and Miami, they both have the most speed and we've seen that this year and it'll be a recurring theme going forward in these fast offenses. That's why when you leave Patrick Mahomes 58 seconds, the game isn't, it's never over, even if they don't have any timeouts it's never over because they have that kind of speed and they have those kind of playmakers and i think Derry was even saying in a text message he's like i wonder what kansas city fans feel like you know knowing that they always have a chance so i i think those would be my picks i think us not not because of the speed but just because we're finally putting it all together and we're that really really physical team now those two teams the chiefs and the dolphins they have kind of our kryptonite right like our those speedy wide receivers who get out in space and the ones that can really beat us. So that capitalizes or, or, or that highlights the importance of our our tough run defense and not having to blitz so that we can pull all of our corners back and even drop some linebackers into coverage to double these guys. Like we're going to have to double the Kelsey's and we're going to have to double the Tyreek Hills and the, the Jalen Waddles. Miami is a team that scares me because their offense is so good. They got better because they got Jeff Wilson for nothing. And then the Bradley Chubb trade, which while it's an overpay and they overpaid him contract wise, really filled in the rest of their front seven. And now that's a defense that can match up well with us on paper because they've got Chubb and Jalen Phillips and Wilkins inside. Xavier Howard's had a down year, but the secondary, their secondary has been so banged up that it can only get better for them. And with that offense, their defense just has to be good enough and get some, and play make and get some turnovers and Xavier Howard is the best ball hawk in the NFL and that offense I mean the offensive line still isn't great and maybe we'd have a good matchup but Tua is playing so well it's impossible to cover Hill and Waddle all day that's the team that scares me especially if we had to go on the road because it won't be the sweltering August heat in Miami where it's 110 degrees on one sideline and 80 on the other but still going on the road to what I think is the most complete team in the AFC is what scares me so hopefully the standings shake out to where we don't have to play Miami until the championship game. Well, Land, it's interesting. I mean, with the Dolphins, the Bills, the Patriots, and the Jets still in contention. I mean, all four of those teams in the AFC East are in contention. And obviously, probably only one of them is going to host a playoff game. So, I mean, it, it could very easily be the Bills to host. It could easily be the Dolphins. And the Patriots could sneak in and host a playoff game, too. So It should be the Jets if Zach Wilson wasn't a bum. Let's not talk about that wolf he is so 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 bad and his press conference where he said that it wasn't really his fault and you know only having what three yards in the second half like yeah how joe douglas and Salah have built such a great team but they <clears throat> missed on wilson that's really they took him imagine second if they had overall. fields on that team if they had fields they'd be super dangerous i mean they wouldn't who knows i mean fields is not lamar jackson but he would be perfect for that team right. honestly imagine perfect for just, that weather yeah. and they screwed that up by for two months everybody knew they were taking this guy everybody knew it was a bad fit they are so bad at stuff like that and as good as they've done other things they're paying the price because that kid does not belong uh in that role right now and i think he's gonna 
lose that job pretty soon. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's already been coming. Salah's already had some quotes where it's like, I mean, we're not happy with the way the past couple of games have gone. We'll see how things go this Saturday, blah, 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 or this Sunday. Well, it's funny on the, on the radio this morning, uh, when I was driving into work, I listened to Sirius, to Sirius XM radio and specifically morning men. And they were talking about this. They think, and I, I don't disagree with them that Zach Wilson is the eighth best quarterback in that division, because I mean, you've got Tua, you've got Josh Allen, you've got Teddy Bridgewater, you've got Case Keenum, Mac Jones. They think Flacco's better than him. Oh, for sure. And, and I mean, that puts him at seven. And just going through those guys, and then you know, jury's out on Mike White. Uh, and I like, it's just like at first I was like, this is ridiculous. And then they got to Bailey Zappi. He was like the first question mark. Where they're like, ah, oh, maybe we'd take Zach Wilson over him. But how you got to think any of those guys is getting more than three yards in a, in a half in a close game you, exactly you gotta think that you've got and i know flacco would yeah and i think bailey zappy would exactly and that was the big argument it's like yeah all of them could do it a little could can do more than he did and i think every single one of those guys that are rattle off all of them would take some account uh, accountability and some leadership and responsibility and not kind of say oh yeah i didn't you know it wasn't my fault yeah well the value of wilson is that he will play make and throw down the field except he can't do that and he can't operate within the structure of the offense and make basic routine plays so he's effectively worthless out there i mean <laughs> going back to the draft they just taken mac jones who is a game manager quarterback who's going to peak as like the 12th best quarterback in the right system and everything they would be yeah, he sucks right too now. though if they had taken mac jones at two and everyone would have laughed at them and everything else stay the same this year they would be eight and two because mac jones wouldn't have sold both patriots games they would be eight and two they would be tied with kansas city for the best record in the afc everyone would be excited about the jets but zach wilson is so bad that he is actively yeah. losing games it's not like russell wilson in denver where it's like he just sucks and like he's just <laughs> sinking the team yeah. zach wilson is actively blowing holes in the yeah like he doesn't belong on the field i don't yeah, he's, think he's actively blowing yeah. holes in the ship and he's letting everyone down right and they're yeah, gonna move I on think... from this offseason because jimmy g will probably oh be yeah because they want to win yeah yeah, yeah, they 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 smell blood, and there's going to be some options. I agree, they're going to be bold, and it's Derek their own Carr. fault because we all knew that was so dumb. But I think Mac Jones sucks too. But I think you're also right. Zach Wilson is just that bad. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think Mac Jones sucks. It's just he's really limited. But, I mean, you just look at the talent the Jets have, and they've played so well. I mean, like it's really Wilson is the only problem on this team, and unfortunately, it's the position that's more important than the rest of the team. Big fellas, what if your boss told you he's like, you don't suck, you're just really limited is that but i think i get landon's point because he is right that he would be an upgrade regardless of what we think of him he'd be an upgrade that's how bad it's gotten it would be fine if that whole jets team was awful but they have a good coaching staff and they have some uh, they have some bright spots and he is seriously holding them back we'll see what happens not only next season uh the rest of this season they're gonna try to make something happen they have an amazing um, defense who, who has already completely lost confidence in them because <laughs> sauce Gardner and franklin myers both like tweets just trashing zach wilson and there were reports about how the whole defense is pissed at him walking around the locker room after the game. And how can you blame him? You give up three points all game. Even if you count that special team touchdown, you give up 10 points all game. You should win that. Like, I was looking yep. up some stats because I was curious. The 2000 Ravens, who won the greatest defense of all time, gave up 10 points a game. If, if you give up 10 points in a game, you should win no matter what. You should not... If you're not going against another elite, elite defense, or you have extenuating circumstances like we were missing our entire passing offense a couple weeks ago, you have no excuse for how bad they were. Like John said, they had three yards the whole second half. It's more than just we couldn't, you couldn't execute. It was you were an embarrassment to the sport of football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've had some limited offensive 
showings, but nothing that bad. It really puts it all in perspective. Yeah. Guys, uh, Indianapolis was, I mean, just a play or two away from from beating the Eagles on Sunday and being 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. I know it probably doesn't scare either one of you as far as we've thought that this division has been ours for a few weeks and really ever since we, we beat the Colts the second time this season. But do you think there's a chance um, that they could rally for maybe that seventh wild card in the AFC? Um, we've just assumed this was a one-team division. Do y'all still think that? We'll start with you, big fella. Mm, let me look. I'm, I'm going to pull up their schedule to see what they have left. Well, I'm going to go first, and no, they're not making the playoffs. Because <laughs> you look at it right now. So one of Buffalo and Miami, whichever one doesn't win the division. One of Cincinnati and Baltimore, whoever doesn't win the division. And then you have the Jets, and you have the Patriots, who are both ahead. I mean, that's four teams, and they have a tough schedule down the stretch. And I want to say that New England and the Jets are both half a game up on Indy, so it's pretty much who has more wins down the stretch. They've played a couple close games but it's also close games where their strengths lined up perfectly with the other team's weakness. I mean, the Raiders are a train wreck and they only won yesterday because the Broncos are even bigger train wreck. And then Philly, Philly just looked like they didn't sleep the night before. Like they, like they were the team that had to fly in through a blizzard to get to the game instead of the Bills. And they woke up at halftime like, oh yeah, we're supposed to win this game. But I mean, I still, yeah, I don't see, I think Saturday has some coaching, has coached them really well. They're playing really hard, but the same issues are still there and just the energy and just... They're doing it's something new because they have an entirely new coaching staff that has never called plays except on defense. So there's nothing to know or scout or understand. But teams will adjust and they'll still realize this is the same Colts team. Matt Ryan is still the guy whose arm is about to fall off. They have some good receivers for sure, but the the offense runs through Jonathan Taylor. If you can stop him, you can stop their offense, which is what happened yesterday. And teams will adjust. And I don't think they'll make. I mean, and I hope they don't make it because I want whoever has to play the two seed, which will probably be Miami or Buffalo or Kansas City. Hopefully not us. If it's us, I hope they do make the playoffs just because that would be a pretty easy matchup otherwise i want whoever's playing the two seed to be a team that has a chance of upsetting them to help us i don't want to see matt ryan nicole stumble backwards into the playoffs just to blown out. <laughs> how no, do i, I follow de- that take matt ryan falling backwards in the playoffs honestly i almost hope they do make it i hope in a crazy weird scenario we get to play them it would it would it would help that draft pick yeah or they get they get roots for that i would love them to play the chiefs again and then watch them get thrashed after they beat them earlier in the season um but i don't think they're gonna make it i mean they've got some winnable games on the rest of their schedule they home against the Steelers at dallas they get a bye a week 14 bye which is the latest that there is this year then they travel to Minnesota, they're home for the Chargers, travel to New York to play the Giants, and then they're home for the Texans. That Cowboys game, the Vikings game, the Giants game, I think those are all three losses right there. And then you're even looking at them and it's four and nine and one. And then the Chargers, Steelers, and the Texans, they can go either way. They tied with the Texans. That that should tell you all you need to know about these Indianapolis Colts. Um, so I don't think they'll make it. Landon, uh, the Lions have won three straight. What's their chances in the NFC to to make the playoffs? I know we'd all like to see that. I don't think it's that good because the NFC East is, has done so well, and the Lions just lost too many games early on. They played the Bills on Thursday, the first Thanksgiving game, and maybe they pulled off. They've looked better as of late. The Bills look mortal, but they lost Akuda to an injury. I don't think he'll play this week, so they lost their best cornerback against 
one of the most dangerous passing attacks in the NFL, and they just lost too many early games, which sucks. If they were 500, I would say yes. But right now, the Giants are 7-3. Washington is 5-5, five and five, and they've won 4-5 with Heineke. They're going to roll with him down the stretch. Chase Young just got elevated to the active roster. They have a really easy matchup last week, this coming week. And it's just, you also have the Niners, or the Seahawks, whoever loses that division, because the Niners are probably going to get to above, the Niners are probably going to get to above 500 after tonight when they beat the Cardinals. The Seahawks are above 500. Detroit just lost too many games early on, which sucks. At the same time, hopefully, maybe this is the year they get the quarterback and everything meshes together because the defense is still bad, even though they've played some good games here and there. They just really need better defensive talent. And the great news is for them, they can play, they can try and win as many games as they want and be as competitive as they want because they have the Rams pick and the Rams are in total free fall. All right, fellas, Thursday, Thanksgiving, we've got three, well, I think good games coming up. Buffalo at Detroit, 1130 a.m. Central, New York Giants at Dallas, and then New England at Minnesota, 720 p.m. That New York Dallas game's at 3:30 on Fox. And that's a good slate for me. Uh, what are you guys looking forward most about Thanksgiving football? We'll start with you, John. I'm looking forward to just chilling on the couch and unbuttoning my pants and watching these games. And for the first time in what I feel like is a long time, all these teams are pretty relevant. We talked about the Lions kind of just, you know, Landon doesn't think there's a shot at them making it, but they're in a winnable division, especially if the wheels fall off the Vikings. Uh, I mean, some fun, stuff could happen. They're a fun, competitive, scrappy team. Yeah, oh, and, and for sure. Past Lions teams. And they moved the Bears off Thanksgiving, which is helping things. And they're going to get their first round draft pick, Jamison Williams. They're opening his activation window. So we'll be, we might be able to see what he can kind of add to this offense and they can be super electric and explosive with him i mean jamal williams he only had like 35 touchdowns this past weekend i feel like everywhere else um you know he's still scoring fantasy points but yeah i I think it's a really interesting matchup obviously the cowboys giants game it's a good old nfc east showdown with that's the game you expect to see on thanksgiving so I'll, i'll be interested to watch that and you know let's see what these patriots can do let's see if they can give the the vikings all they can yeah jamal williams super happy for him having a career year and all that stuff but he's a great case study in for all the people that just can't stop telling you that running backs don't matter because he's got 12 rushing touchdowns on the year he's been awesome and but he also signed for like a two million a year contract and it's because the offensive line is so great i was just thinking about it because golf we know how limited he is swift can't stay healthy i mean i was just thinking about like looking forward to the draft this year like if jameer gibbs or charbonnet from ucla if they got to play behind this lions offensive line that would be so much fun looking at the games they're actually all really good i mean the two the first two could probably end up being blowouts they both have nine point lines for the for the bills and the cowboys respectively but i mean it's it's a short week it's thanksgiving so i think everyone's gonna be a little bit out of sorts the giants are fighting to just kind of stabilize after they've lost a couple games it's gonna be really hard because adory jackson is gonna miss the next month and he's by far their best cornerback in that night game i have no idea how it could go because i want to think that the vikings are really good but yesterday they looked like a joke and then the patriots they did are- very Vikings things for the first time last season. We've been waiting on that game, and they sure as heck did it yesterday. Mm. They looked awful. Woof. Yeah, and then and then the Patriots. I mean, we know what they are. It's a really good defense, a really good special teams team, and the offense is doing enough not to get in the way. So that game should be competitive, especially because the Vikings lost Derisaw to his second concussion in like three weeks, which is worrisome. I mean, yeah, it's for once a good Thanksgiving slate of football. It could easily end up being some blowouts here and there. But I mean, before when they used to have the Lions when they sucked and the Bears when they sucked, two of the three games just, I mean, 
they were just awful. It was you just threw it on the background and at halftime. You just kind of tuned out. All the games are in domes. I mean, are they, is it usually always Lions, Cowboys, Vikings as home teams? No, the it's Lions and Cowboys are the are always the home teams, and then I think the third one changes. I, it's been the Saints a couple times, I think. Mm. Is it always a dome? Uh, no, I think, well... Uh, I bet it is maybe, generally. Maybe, yeah, because the Saints have a dome. That would make sense. Mm. And it's all NFC teams, which is interesting. Except for the Bills. And Oh, I mean, like, all the host teams are NFC. I guess that's oh, the, right. the tradition. I know there's been talking years, uh, a lot of fan reaction that especially when Detroit is terrible like that they want to kind of mix that up but Detroit and Dallas have always had a handle on that it's it's a tradition which I'll be interested to see I kind of like it the way it is but it'd be kind of fun to see all the teams on rotation to, to host Thanksgiving game I, I would personally think it'd be fun if we did uh, it seems like they want those games indoors but uh, that may be coming for us soon is that something y'all wish they did on a rotation I think no. it'd be cool to see I, I, I like the tradition and the pageantry of it all but I also think it'd be cool to see something different so I kind of think it would It'd be cool. I mean, and like you hinted at, everybody's migrating to domes. So, I mean, you've got Lions, Cowboys, Vikings. You know, soon enough, it'll be us. You've got the Texans. You've got, who else is a dome? Atlanta, Chargers, Rams, technically Raiders. I mean, you can just go down the list. And I, I think there are enough dome teams to, that's what they want to do in late to mid-November. They can do it and kind of rotate it up. Yeah, just just eyeballing it. You could probably rotate through every d- dome stadium in about five or six years assuming no repeats and then your earlier question about us hosting one i hope we never play on thanksgiving at the very least we don't have a home game just because it's really nice on thanksgiving to have three games of nfl football i could just to sit back on the couch relax and have some good food and not have to worry about anything uh, yeah big fella landon's next titan jersey needs to just say red zone on the back <laughs> <laughs> it should or maybe it'll be Han- scott hansen like you know yeah <laughs> landon i kind of to your point like i i don't want us to have a thanksgiving game because you know that it, not only does it take away from my turkey time but you know it means that we have to play you know on a short 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 window because you know you've got sunday or monday and you're playing again on thursday and typically the nfl tries to avoid that with buys sometimes throughout the regular season but it, when when you're picked for that thanksgiving day game there's no like ifs or ifs or buts about it you're you're going and i also just don't want to do it because it'll interfere with family time just hanging out with people i That's mean true. Thanksgiving is just, it's a lazy day. You eat really good food. You hang out inside or outside on your porch if it's decent enough outside. And you just chill and you watch football and you have a good time. I love Thanksgiving. I love exactly what you're saying. But every five or six years or so, or it'd be even more than that, it'd be pretty fun to host one and that'd be what you did. But I get well, exactly what you're saying. I won't go until they bring back the turducken. Turducken. I want I want John Madden to tell me all about the turducken and to watch that monstrosity kind of just be ripped apart and like have... 12 legs like show me guys before we get out of here we're going to be back with you later in the week and preview titans Bengals. that game is of course here in nashville sunday at noon the Bengals are a one and a half point favorite we're three and one at home this season we have a better record the Bengals have played well they obviously are without jamar chase but burrow has played really well especially lately they have other weapons they're a point and a half favorite what's your early take what's your monday night take uh on this game we'll start with you biggie we owe them we owe them a big one they may be without joe mixon as well 
Um, he's in concussion protocol. So I don't think I've wanted a regular season victory as bad as I want one on Sunday. So if I have to come strapped up and jump on the field, so be it. They may or may not have Jamar Chase. I think they activated Larry Ogunjobi. Um, so that's not really great news for us. But I think there's, I think Burrow is still the most sacked quarterback. And I really like our chances, you know, with our defensive pressures and, you know, really just putting it all together and laying the smack down on them. This is a spot where I don't get the line favoring the Bengals because Chase should be back. They've been saying all along he was targeting this game to return. He's off crutches. I mean, I didn't see the hit that Mixon took, but if you get ruled out at halftime with concussion, it feels like that doesn't really happen where a guy comes back and is able to play the very next week. I mean, I don't know if it was the concussion protocol thing where like one of the league people pulled him out on their own or if he actually got checked for concussion. But either way, I mean, outside of Tua, how many guys get concussed, leave mid-game, then play the very next week, especially a position like running back where it's so violent? Well, I was going to say with the Tua thing, they're not going to take that. They're not going to take an unnecessary chance on that. I mean, it's bad for the players. It's bad for the league. It's bad for everybody. They're just going to be extra extra cautious with anybody in the concussion protocol right now. Yeah, for sure. And then they're missing Shabe Awuzie, who's their best corner. He's out for the year with the torn ACL. Our passing offense has looked really good. I mean, we talked, our run defense is amazing and they were the fifth, they're the fifth worst team in yards per carry rushing. That was with Mixon. And even though Pirine had a good game last week or well, a great game because he caught three touchdowns. Pirine and Chris Evans don't scare me rushing inside compared to Mixon. But this game just means so much to us, like you said, big fella, because I'm pretty sure everyone in the organization knows last year was our year. This is our chance to beat their ass and kick them into the dirt over and over and over. This is our chance to get some revenge for the most heartbreaking loss we've had in like two decades. This is a chance for Derek Henry to redeem himself after he had a lackluster performance. He's in. I think Tannehill, Tannehill needs to redeem himself. Oh, for sure. But yeah, and Henry has a 60-yard lead in the rushing title. He's only going to extend it. This is his chance to have a big game. The Steelers last week did pretty well rushing against the Bengals. I mean, it's they can definitely win this game, but I would not bet against us. This is the one game I would think where we're playing a good team. I would say I'm very confident we're not losing because this is this could be the early starting point of a budding rivalry because Burrow and Chase are super young. We're going to play them again next year, I believe. Just that playoff game, it just means so much. It's the same with the Ravens, why we hate them so much we play mm-hmm. them every year we play them in the playoffs that's how rivalries are born i mean i like burrow i like chase i like i like the players but i'm starting to hate this team and i hope we embarrass them i love when we can make you hate something landon it's just it's a thing of beauty especially when it's an afc north team <laughs> yeah doesn't hurt that's all we got this week for tennessee titans talk thanks for being with us we'll be back with you later on we'll talk about this game in a more fuller focus uh, we want to get with you and kind of catch you up on everything that happened over the weekend with the Packers. We're just excited that this this team continues to find a way to win games and that they're maybe coming into form with the vision maybe we had for them. We get more people healthy. We'll see how it goes Sunday. I agree with both these two that I think it's time to get even with this team for sure. We owe them one in a big way. We'll talk to you later this week. Until then, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.